the smell of boxwood bushes. Oh, geez, I don't even know what that is. Maybe this would be <laughs> difficult for me because you have more of your life without me there. Hello, and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky, I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hello, hello. Hello, Ingrid. Happy quarantine, as usual. That's right. Welcome to day 45. Yes, that's what our counter says in my house. 45, 45th day for us. What other streaks do we have in life that are 45 days long? That would be so... We would totally have created a new habit had we started 45 days ago. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought about that because it takes like 21 days to create a habit, you know? So I've been thinking about all the things that we will probably naturally want to keep doing because it's become a habit once quarantine is over. Like maybe everyone will wash their hands a ton more just because it's really in our body to do that now. What else is it in our body to do? I don't feel like my life has changed a whole lot. I mean... I lost my headphones between my bedroom and my garage this week, (laughs) which was really stressful because I came out to the garage in my jacket and I put my headphones in my pocket Mm -hmm. and then we exercised and then uncharacteristically, I went and hung my jacket up. Oh. And then... (laughs) I was frantically looking around for my headphones and I thought, how in the world could it's like 75 feet that I walked (laughs) and it was three hours later. I had to scramble for somebody else's headphones because I needed a headphones with a microphone and I finally found them. My husband said, oh, sometimes when I lose things, they're in my robe pocket. And I remember Mm. that reminded me, oh, I was wearing my jacket when I came outside. That's probably where they are. And sure enough, I was right. Thank goodness for other people. (laughs) That's right. You know, one habit that I hope continues is evening walks. In our neighborhood, we are able to take evening walks and they're so pleasant. You don't get to take evening walks, do you? No, I work at night, so I definitely don't take evening walks, but that'll be interesting. I know that there's a lot of, a lot more time, a lot less outward busyness right now. So that's the question about whether or not we'll be able to curb our busyness levels when we go back, because that's what allows us to take walks right now. Yeah. Although I listened to a leadership teaching yesterday and they said that average American is working two to three hours more than before. And it's partly because they're less efficient and everything gets mushed together. So the teaching was on how to work from home. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I I think not only are people being less efficient, but there's also not as much of a boundary. There was already less of a boundary for millennials, but there's really not a boundary now between work and home. So you could spend a long time going back and forth if you wanted to. One thing that this uh, person said is make it public when you're stopping work. Say it out loud. Even if Mm -hmm. you're saying it to yourself, but also say it to your um, people in your midst. Say, I'm closing my computer right now or I'm stopping work right now. And then you've kind of like made a public statement, which is almost like a a promise or a commitment. And it helps you mentally shift to, 
Now I'm doing other things. She mm. was, uh, interestingly, yeah. she was talking about compartmentalizing. There's some places in our life where we'd say, let's not compartmentalize. But with regard to work, she was talking about compartmentalizing and keeping things in it in their space. I'm trying to find a Brene Brown quote, which is full of truth bombs and also like a little hard to hear as usual <laughs> from her. Yes. She says, we will not go back to normal. Normal never was. Our pre-corona existence was not normal, other than that we normalized greed, inequality, exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate, and lack. We should not long to return, my friends. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. That's powerful. That's like the Bible story that Jesus told you can't put new wine into an old wineskin. Right. Well, in the middle of all of this quarantine, it's been easy to talk about hard things, Mm -hmm. but it's nice to have a break sometimes. So today, Mom and I are going to play a game. (laughs) In view of Brene Brown and and thinking about kindness and, um, and, and abundance, we are going to think of the abundance of senses that we have, thinking of our five senses. So we have sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. Three S's and two T's. A while back, somehow we taught, got on the conversation at some point, Mom and I, of the fact that I think it's smells that's maybe like the most connected to emotion or the most connected to memory, something like that. Yes, scent. I called it scent memory. Smells oh, yeah. bring back strong, vivid memories. Maybe because they're not as frequent. Maybe they're more surprising. We see sights every day. We hear sounds and we can kind of tune them out. But smells kind of shock us into awareness and uh, memory, I think. So today we're going to go back and forth and describe a sense. It doesn't have to be smell, Um, but like I'll just give mom, I'll I'll give her an example of one of my senses and then she's going to guess what it makes me think of in my life because we know each other pretty well. Most of my life still Mm -hmm. has been in her company. Maybe this will be more difficult for me because you have more of your life without me there. Yeah association memory. Do you want to start? Yeah. Where this first comes to mind for me is the smell of boxwood bushes. Oh, geez. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> boxwood bushes are frequently in front of people's houses. They're little hedge bushes. They are make nice, very nice, low hedge bushes. They are around places like Disneyland, around storefronts, around neighborhood Mm -hmm. houses. Okay. Does boxwood bushes make you think of the beginning of moving into our house or your early, early marriage days? It could because we first, when we first moved into our house, we had boxwood bushes in front of our house. But for me, it takes me back to my childhood. Oh, that was my first guess. And I second guess myself. (laughs) I was going to say, does it make you think of Minnesota? Well, it doesn't, it makes me think of Indiana where my grandma lived. My dad's mom and dad lived in Indianapolis and they had little boxwood bushes kind of around the edge of their house, like a lot of people. And that's what I remember. Smell the boxwood bushes and I think of my grandma. That's sweet. What did you like to do with your grandma? Well, we would go there around Memorial Day because my mom and dad would go to the Indy 500 because it's in Indianapolis Uh, and so it's a strong memory. But my grandma, I remember big feasts with my grandma. I remember Entenmann's 
prepared yeah. cinnamon rolls or sweet rolls mm-hmm. with parquet butter spread on top of it. If you can imagine needing something on top of entomates. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, my grandpa, who was a doctor, but was a family practice doctor in the era when they didn't consider nutrition very much, died of right. a heart attack and a stroke which is very sad. He was a wonderful man, but they really didn't understand the connection between nutrition and health Yeah, in the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, I will say. So that's the way we ate yummy Entenmann's with parquet butter spread on top of it. Yeah, there's no question that it's delicious. Uh, my grandma, she made, oh, oh, sorghum molasses and we would, yeah. s- we would mix sorghum molasses with parquet butter spread. My grandparents knew that you never used real butter. <laughs> so they used parquet Why? butter spread. I don't know. There was news about that. And <laughs> so we would mix that together and my mom and grandma would make biscuits. She always mm-hmm. made big meals like fried chicken, corn, not a lot of green things. I was going to say, probably not. Peas were probably the greenest thing I had. And my grandpa grew tomatoes. So tomatoes remind me of my grandpa, Dr. Conway. And my grandma played the piano. And she had, even into her 90s, she lived until she was 91, even into her 90s, she had a few songs in her head that she could just play, sit down at the piano and pull out of the file drawer of her memory. And her hands were all bent over and crinkled from arthritis and she could hardly move them. Mm -hmm. But they knew exactly where to go on the piano to play a few songs like You Are My Sunshine and a few other songs. And it was and she played with the rhythm of a big band. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just beautiful. Sort of romping ragtime version. Yes. It was so lovely. Oh, that's so amazing. Your mom's going to be like that someday too. Oh yeah, my mom can sit down at the piano and play She's totally going to have like four songs that she plays until she... Probably hymns. My mom plays a lot of hymns. Mm -hmm. I should Mm -hmm. say, if you're going to sit down at the piano without music, my mom uses music usually, but it'd be funny to ask my mom if she sat down at the piano without music, what would she play? I don't have to ask her what her four songs would be. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, that made me think of one that wasn't even on my list. But if we go to taste for a minute. Yes. I have a very specific memory of, let's probably give it away. I was just going to say heirloom tomatoes, but specifically heirloom tomatoes paired with pumpernickel bread. Taste. That takes us back to our Laura Ingalls Wilder tour that's in right. Minnesota. We were staying just at a hotel. But we stopped at a roadside grocery store, picked up heirloom tomatoes, pumpernickel McNichol bread, balsamic vinegar, right? Yeah. And oil. And that was our dinner. It was so, it was one of those, like, after a long day of being in the car, which you ends up being really tiring, even though you're in the car all day. And I think I remember it because it was such an unusual dinner for us. Yeah. Like, we are the family of greens and protein. And here we were eating bread and tomatoes for all of the dinner. <laughs> I remember it being so satisfying, delicious. Expanding from that, heirloom tomatoes in general make me think of the farmer's market, which we often went to on a Mm, Saturday. Yes. For me, the smell and taste of coffee. What does that Mm. remind me of? Mornings. (laughs) (laughs) Just every morning? Mornings. Um, With dad? Like communion, like hanging out with dad? Yep. In our kitchen or sitting on our front porch. Sometimes yeah. we, we have time in the morning. We bring the cup of coffee out on our front porch. That's fun. You, you and Dad like to do that together. Yeah. 
Little sailboats. Not little oh. sailboats, just sailboats in general. Where does that remind me of? Lake Pepin. Yes. Where your dad had his boat. Oh, no. What's it called? Oh, our sailboat was called Take Time. Ugh, Take Time. What a great yes. name for a sailboat. Yeah. Is that what it makes you think of? Lake Pepin, Lake Minnetonka, where we had our smaller yeah. sailboat when I was younger. Yeah, that's it. I have another memory of another lake. Oh. Canoes. Well, canoes, that would be Hume Lake. Yes. yes? Hume, Hume Lake in your memory. Yes, in my memory of my childhood. <laughs> I think, can you think of any lakes in Minnesota? That's where I grew up, so that's where my childhood memories are. You know, there's only a couple lakes in Minnesota. <laughs> um, Lake Harriet? That's the one. When I went to visit Minnesota once upon a time, it was Lake Harriet where we did paddle boating. Yeah, pedal, 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 pedal boating. Pedal, yeah, with your pedals. Paddle. You, you pedal it. I don't know what it's yeah. called. That's fun. <laughs> but you had a canoe. Yeah, they used to rent slips, they're called. They rent racks where you could keep your canoe over the summer so you didn't have to carry it. We would go ride our bikes there. We had a fiberglass canoe, so it was heavy because my dad was, it was a kit. My dad built it himself. Mm. And instead of like the aluminum ones that were lightweight and easy to carry, we'd all five get in the canoe. The middle people in the canoe are called duffers. What does that mean? Just hang out, do nothing? Yes, basically. It was kind of dull for a kid, but it's fun to like go around the lake. My dad was always in the back steering. My mom was in the front. I remember when I finally got a chance to canoe, I thought, oh, it's so powerful to be in the back because you get to steer where the canoe goes. Totally. Then when I went to camp, we had paddle instruction. Oh, wow. I learned the proper way to paddle, and we weren't supposed to switch sides all the time. You're supposed to learn how to do a J-stroke so you could keep your paddle on one side the whole time. Oh, wow. That's amazing. The hard part of changing sides with your paddle, if you have a duffer, is they get wet. Right. Because <laughs> the drips of water. Oh, Uh canoeing etiquette. Oh, canoeing. (laughs) (laughs) We had a canoe growing up, too. We had a nice aluminum one. We still have it. It It's been in its resting rack behind our garage for years. It hasn't even come off of it for a long time. That's some great memories, though, though. I heard a song this morning that reminded me of something. uh, Crazy by Hunter Hayes. Crazy. What is the Oh, let's be crazy. Duh. Let's be crazy. That reminds you of my high school years. Yes. Me and Ellen used to blast that song in the car, at home. Your senior year and in through the summer. Yeah, through the summer. There was a lot of loud country rock music. Country specifically, yeah, because I was about to move to Nashville and Ellen and I were really into country music at the time. But it wasn't like old school country. It was like the pop, no, like pop. rocky, <laughs> pop, pop country. Yeah. It was fun, though. Lots of smiles and laughter. Yeah, I was going to say that was kind of, <laughs> it feels like the summer before any drama. Ellen was still happily in high school. I had no college boyfriends yet. We were all like kind of a happy family. Yes. Okay, a little, it might be a little out of left field. Do you know what Axe body spray smells like? Axe body spray? Not exactly. Okay, well, it's as strong as the Abercrombie and Fitch store, but it's not the same smell. What might oh. that make me think of? Does it remind you of specific boys in your life? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. What time of life would someone use way too much Axe body spray? Uh, you're in college? No, no. High school? Yeah. Sometimes I will pass people on the street, just like in New York, 
that are wearing Axe body spray and it shoots me so directly back to sophomore year of high school. Oh. Bizarre. That is a year that my friend Zach wore way too much Axe body spray. That was the and name of the spent, person I was going to say. Was uh-huh. that the year you did Into the Woods and you were around yeah. each other all the time? We were around <laughs> each other all of the time. I had a crush on him. There was a lot going on. And we were in this very small group to musical. And it specifically reminds me of our cast party. We had a big cast party at his house. Oh, yeah. And there was just so much Axe body spray in the air. <laughs> it's yeah, far too much. Strong, no one strong. ever wear that again. <laughs> Dad used to wear La Occitane spray, which was very expensive. He doesn't wear that all the time now, but that does remind me of your dad. Yes. See, it's wonderful to have a scent, just like a little bit of one. A subtle scent. Mm. Okay, so, so speaking of subtle scents for people, what does the smell of cedar remind me of? Cedar? I love the smell of cedar. My closet sometimes smells like cedar. Um, your drawers? Did you have cedar blocks in your drawers? You were you were closer the first time. Your closet? My closet. It reminds me of you. Oh. Because <laughs> your closet is lined wall to wall with cedar because it keeps out moths and because you like the smell. Yeah. And so all your clothes smell faintly of cedar. And whenever I smell cedar, I think of you. Aww. That's something I'd be happy to be reminded of, remembered <laughs> for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Remember, it's called Boots Number no. 7 Day Cream. Yep. Yes. I vividly remember that smell. Well, I think it reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. So what would it remind you of? Morning routines together or like evening? There was a time when you and I like did our nightly facial routines all at the same time because yeah. you were... Like coaching me through a facial routine. Well, boots number seven day cream with the yellow top. I used it because we read a Vanity Fair article that said boots number seven was the best skin cream. Mm -hmm. And then I would buy their day cream. But boots number seven day cream stopped selling the version with the yellow top in the United States. But daddy found it. In England. So he brought me home five boxes of Boots number seven day cream. Uh So when I see that bottle or smell it, I think of daddy going into the Marks and Spencer, which they call M&S in England, getting it's just a, a drugstore brand, but getting his Boots number seven day cream with the yellow top because it's a different scent than they it's kind of unscented in the United States now the version they use mm-hmm. and it smelled so lovely yeah. and I found and a bottle of it in my drawer the other day and I held it close and I oh. thought I have to use this again like once a week so it lasts <laughs> that's true because that also marks like a kind of specific time in life with you and dad because dad was going to England a lot for a couple of years and there were some long trips out there yeah when they were making chicken run at dreamworks he went there a couple times probably quarterly mm-hmm. for a while he would stay for a week at a time oh, that's a good yes one. Uh, roses i have that on my list too oh i wonder if it reminds i don't think it reminds us of the same thing Roses, do they remind you? You have to think back to my childhood. I was trying to figure out how far back I had to go. Yeah. Okay, in your childhood, I'm trying to think of the houses that I've seen the front of that you lived in there. Not not places I lived, though. 
Okay, okay. It must be like a family member's house or something then. Yeah, again, it was my grandma on my a dad's different grandma? side. Nope, same oh, grandma. Oh, same one, Indiana. So she was kind of a gardener, and I learned later in life, when I was a kid, she had a raised rose bread that had stone edges mm. that they laid, probably my dad laid, and it had this really beautiful mulch rose bed and it was just a bed of roses probably like 15 20 different rose bushes in it all different colors and they just smelled so beautiful and I remember my grandma out there taking care of them and I learned later in life in the old house that my dad grew up in in the backyard my grandma and her mom so it would have been my great grandma would plan the garden every year and it was extensive and they would choose different flowers in it which reminds me of little women do you remember reading little women and they each of the four daughters had their own plot of ground and they could plant different things in it and one of the children planted just flowers and one of them planted vegetables yeah it was kind of per personality Yeah, we made you guys each a flower bed, but it was behind our garage. And I feel like because it was out of sight, it was out of mind. And even though our yard isn't that big, because it was out of sight, we didn't walk back to it regularly. If it was right in front of the kitchen, I totally think we would have gone out there every day and been like, okay, let's... Weed the roses. Let's trim the flowers. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure it, like it would have cultivated some more interest there. Part of it is that I just really don't like gardening. But it was such a small plot. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's sad. I just hate having dirt under my fingernails. Wow, you I'm a city are kid. a city girl. I f- I saw somebody that had a pot. I think it was plastic of sorts. It was called the earth box and it had a water reservoir under it. So mm. it was easier to keep cultivated and moist. You didn't have to mm-hmm. think about watering it all the time. I've thought about getting a small flower pot, not something in the ground, but something that would be out in front of my window or on my driveway that I would take care of all the time Yeah, and see if I took care of it. I would like to try. Yeah, I've thought about it too, especially living in New York. I've thought about how important greenery is. Mm-hmm. Our house doesn't have any windows except for the bedrooms, and I haven't really decided to put plants in my bedroom yet, but um, maybe someday. Yeah, I have a friend, actually, that has lots of plants in her house, and she has a sunlight light that oh. feels like the sun for the plant that like gives it, feeds it, so that she can have her plants inside. Interesting. Does she have to move her plants to be under them? No, no. She has, it's like this little like overhanging lamp and it gives it enough, it like extends enough to enough of the plants and then it's on a timer. So it gives the plants enough sunlight all throughout the day. That seems like a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) She is what dad calls a dink. Double income, no kids. She and her husband. She's my age, but they're both (laughs) married and have jobs. No kids. Yeah. Yeah. I know people that have lived for many years, double income, no kids, and the hobbies they have are vast and extensive and I marvel at them. Although I will say when I was in New York, we got to see yarn bombing Mm -hmm. on one of the fences. We have a picture of it. It's beautiful and grand and takes many months. But I actually thought, you know what? In this pandemic, I should yarn bomb. I should get the housemates. We should do simple knitting and make them into something that we could go tie onto the fence by the little high school. Not the little high school. It's a large high school. (laughs) 
a block away from our house. Yeah. I think I might do that. There's a new uh, yarn bomb on that same fence just down from the butterfly. Is the butterfly still there? Butterfly's still there. Wow. Going strong. And now there's a yarn bomb of a big dandelion with a little, like, flutteries off coming off of it oh cool i think it was in the new yorker i saw the a picture of yarn bombing and it was a dragon have you seen any dragons well this lady does a lot of yarn bombing throughout the city and she works really closely with the city to get permission to do it and those kind of things so it might also be hers she's got a whole like group of people that contribute to it that's so cool does she make money doing it now well i'm sure she sells some of them but this part she and her husband are also pastors. I, I think it's like her ministry to the city. Okay, one more each. Give me uh, one more. I was going to say a hard one, but it doesn't have to be. Well, cinnamon is a smell and a taste. Ooh, great one. What does oh. cinnamon make you think of? I have another one, actually. Okay, okay. Here's my next one. It's another spice. Nutmeg. <laughs> Do they go together? No, different memories. Okay, nutmeg. Oh, I have no idea. Nutmeg. It's hard to guess about things that a I think person. might be past no, no. my existence. No, 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 no. This one is a person in your life. What? Very close to you. Time of day that this ha- often, this memory comes to mind, but it could be throughout the day. But the, when this first comes out is actually usually in the evening. Good grief. Dad liked to grate a lot of nutmeg. Who else in your life likes nutmeg? Ellen. Ellen loves nutmeg because she puts lots and lots of nutmeg in our homemade chocolate chip cookies. That's it. Oatmeal yes. chocolate chip cookies. Ellen has the memo- That's a great has one. the recipe memorized. It never turns out the same if she doesn't make it. It tastes good when we make it, but not like Ellen. No, and she puts nutmeg in it. So yummy. In fact, last it's night amazing. I asked her if she would mail me cookies for Mother's Day. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) Cute. Oh, I hope she does. Okay, my last one. I don't know if it's going to be easy or not. Uh, Cherry Jones. Oh, well, she reads the Laura Ingalls Wilder stories that we listen to in the white truck as we're driving across the country to Colorado, especially in Utah. 100%. Yes. Cherry Jones, what's so funny is growing up, I didn't know who Cherry Jones was, which is like, I know she's a big star. Yeah. <laughs> but I like pretty recently saw her in something in a, in a TV show before we actually saw her. On stage. On Broadway. Yeah. Um, but before that, I saw her in a TV show and I had no idea who she was. She was playing this like kind of rough, tumbled character. And I was racking my brain going, oh, that voice. I know that voice so well. Why do I know that voice? And of course, it's because she is Laura Ingalls to me. Uh, she did all the Laura Ingalls books, and that's so much of my childhood. So yeah, it brings me right back to listening to her, and especially listening to her on the way to in the truck, Colorado, with the red seats, yep. with no airbags, so three people could sit in front, three people could sit in back. We didn't have six people, but um, sometimes three people sat. Like we have would have a car seat. Some baby Audrey. Yeah, we were little, ra- so we could all in three the car sit. seat. In the front, because there was no airbag, so it was just as safe for her, theoretically. Right. <laughs> in, the, in the front. <laughs> and that gave you guys a little more space in the back. And then it was cool, because we got to see Cherry Jones and Daniel Radcliffe in Lifespan of the Fact on a Broadway. Whoa, amazing. is that a good show with amazing actors. Yeah, it was great. Utah, the thing is about that is that, yes, Cherry Jones makes me think of Laura Ingalls, which makes me think of childhood, which makes me think of driving to Colorado. But 
the image of Utah as we drove to Colorado doesn't make me think of Laura Ingalls. It makes me think of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Did we read that or listen to that? We listened to all of the books on tape of the Narnia series, and it's really um, The Horse and His Boy that I remember listening to going across Utah, and Mm. it's like the perfect landscape for Shasta, like running across the dunes. right. So Utah always makes me think of The Horse and His Boy. Yeah, those were some fun road trips listening to audiobooks. Or I read books, too. I would sit sometimes in mm-hmm. the back of the van so that you could hear my voice forward. I remember reading all of The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boom's The Hiding Place. Oh. In the back of the van. And I had to really speak up and project so you could hear me in the front. But if I sat in the back, you guys could pretty much hear me. Interesting. I remember reading The Hiding Place, but I remember it location-wise in my bedroom because I wrote a paper on it later in school. Well, thanks for going down. This is kind of fun, like memory lane, hearing a little bit about your childhood and the things that stand out to you. Yeah. I will say when I read Little Women and hear about the attic where they would do put on their plays... That does remind me of my mom's attic when she was a kid. Yeah. And where my grandma, who was very theatrical, she was a theater person, had all of those things. She had trunks, she had costumes, and so cool. it was similar. Yeah. Yeah. Creaky staircases, the old smells. That's really fun to hear you talk about your grandma. It's fun to think about our different senses, our five senses, and how they conjure up memories for us. That's happy. Right. Happy times bring smiles to your faces. So, listeners, what memories using your senses can you think of? Yeah, it's pretty powerful to dwell on some happy things in a day like today. And even if you can't see our faces, you can hear the smile on their faces. Yeah, I bet you can. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ingrid, I give you a safe pandemic quarantine long distance hug and high five. Thank you. Which has not changed over these 45 days. That's true. Okay. Love you, Mama. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. All words, hug and a high five podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.